worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put the rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Monday, and you know what that means? It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the show where you like to chat about comics, the show where you like to chat about video games, TV shows, movies, anything and everything, and the best part of it all is that it is all in canon. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. Hello everybody out there, welcome to our little man cave in YouTube, yes. and maybe other places too. <laughs> we don't even know sometimes all i know is that we are live at least at the very least right now we are live on facebook twitter um and youtube so thank you to anyone who is watching and thank you to those watching the post stream uh after the fact uh what a week it's been uh it is it's a very busy week in sports to say the least we got march madness the final four coming up this weekend uh Four teams who never, no one would have ever thought would be in it are in it. Both final four games are happening on Saturday with the finals on Sun on uh, Monday. We have WrestleMania week for those people listening on SNME Radio. I know this is a super busy week for you uh, because you do have WrestleMania this week and all the shows, all the cards. And a huge uh, uh, good luck to anyone who is going live in person. Uh, it's always an experience just being able to watch so much uh, in one week. Uh, and But with it being in L.A., like the distances are just so much. Uh, but whether you're watching Ring of Honor on Friday, Impact Wrestling on Thursday, WWE on Saturday, NXT on Saturday, and WrestleMania both on Saturday and Sunday. We hope you have fun. Uh, so much going on. Uh, so much so that some would say that uh, our little slice of the pie, Phil, is a little, you know, it's it's, it's lacking a little bit. Uh, but without further ado, here we are chatting all things, everything on the It's Canon podcast. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm trying to center my camera, but it looks like I'm like on the Titanic right now. I don't know what's going on. I just live here. I swear to you, the floors are not that slanted. For those of you who are watching the video feed or the recap, yeah, I'm doing well. I, I've been playing around with tech. I know you've been running around doing all this wrestling stuff with SNME and uh, fantastic on you, but uh, for me, it was really, uh, I guess the biggest thing for me was that uh, our audience knows I'm a little bit of a stadia guy and I was a little, a little bit, bit crushed. A little bit. It, <laughs> you, Tyler and I kept telling you, jump the ship. It is coming down. You guys already hit the iceberg, uh, but you, 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 yeah. you stayed on it. You stayed I, on I, it. I stayed on it. I, you know, I, Rose I, I didn't make that, room for you on that raft either. No, I, I really thought that it, it 
it struck me as that should be the way of the future for gaming. And I'm happy to say that last week uh, that Amazon came out of left field on Thursday, I believe, and just said, you know what? Today, going forward, Luna is live in Canada, the UK, Germany, in those marketplaces. And they finally went beyond the States. So uh, it was interesting because I, I just waited a few days for to gather some info on how this thing works being somewhat familiar with cloud gaming i have a fire stick i have amazon devices in my home i have an, an alexa enabled tv but what's happened now is that you know it's basically you get a lot of access to certain games with just your prime yeah uh, uh, with just your prime membership. And then like, look, this Ubisoft plus thing is $22.99 a month in Canada. That's a lot. I, I would imagine if you're a huge gamer for Ubisoft, it looks like it holds value, but man, it's a commitment. Uh, I subscribed to the Luna plus. I ordered myself a controller here. Uh, it was about, yeah, oh, it was go. about ninety Beautiful bucks. Controller. It's 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 your standard Xbox controller from all intents for all intents and purposes, and uh, yeah, I I picked up the I activated my free trial seven day free trial on Amazon Plus or Luna Plus, which is a monthly subscription the same as Stadia was at twelve ninety nine a month, and you get access to all of these games. Hold on. I got right stay. away. Right away. Earthworm Jim and Earthworm Jim 2 make this worth it. Yeah. There's a lot of retro stuff in here. Space Ace. Like, dude, Mega you'd Man. you'd lose your mind. Lots of Mega Man, lots of uh racing games and whatnot. I, I went for for the purposes of the show. I did a test of Dirt 5, which I know what that ran like on. Uh, uh, Stadia. I have it on PS5. That was my first game. And I have it on Xbox because I have Game Pass. Yeah. So I've got a pretty good base sample of playing that game. And I gotta say it, it was great. It was great. I fired it up on the TV here. I got into the car turned on the surround sound and away I was. Like <sighs> cloud gaming's awesome. Like from what I can tell, they're taking, they're just putting on the back end. They're streaming a Ryzen rig that's fully decked over the internet to you because everything's coming up, the splashes and everything. It looks like there's a little bit of loading time, but it looks like they're on fast PCs with SSDs, and it's just kind of similar to the NVIDIA approach of how they're doing streaming by just, you know, having the farms and plugging away. So you're getting high fidelity graphics, 1080p stadia had them beat with, uh, with 4k under yep. their subscription plan, as long as the game supported it. Uh, but it seems to be the frame rate, everything like that. Like I didn't have to tweak anything on my network. The controller hooks into my network. Same as the stadia did. 
So it's operating over Wi-Fi. Yeah. And this is all pretty good, guys. Like, I, I got to say, if cloud gaming is something that it's really good for casual gaming because you can just jump into whatever. There's no loading. There's no patching. There's nothing. It's just play the game. And when you're done, pop out of it. Yeah. So the only problem is in Canada is that if you don't have an external device like a Fire Stick or Cube, then what you got to do is petition your television maker to make the app available in Canada because it previously got barred because it wasn't available in our market. So, yeah. Interesting stuff, though. I got to say, like, whew. I did yeah. miss cloud gaming. I, I'm I'm surprised at how how much I enjoyed it. Look, so I'm looking forward to a new adventure with this. I have to ask you: Have you tried Resident Evil Two? Have you tried Resident Evil Three or Saints Row? Um, maybe some of the Resident Evils. Um, but I haven't really gone too dark, too deep into Resident Evil or Devil May Cry. Yeah. Maybe like the Devil May Cry reboot that was more action. Uh, I haven't gone down that horror genre really much, if at all. Yep. So, are you recommending I, I take a try on these services I, if they have them there? I am more... I am more interested in how they run, right? Especially over Wi-Fi. Uh, the Resident Evil 2 and 3 are the remakes. Saints Row is a little on the newer side. So I'm more curious just how they run, mm -hmm. right? And kind of compare that to your experience with Stadia. Um, look, I'm I'm pro cloud gaming. I think cloud gaming is the future. And, and I'm not, I don't like it, but in, in a sense. But I understand that that's where we're going, right? Uh, you know. Uh, especially with Game Pass and the new PS Plus, uh, it's it's where we're going. That is the future in some shape, way, or form. Uh, so we have to get used to it, right? Especially as you know, one of the one of the biggest things that uh, Tyler and I used to always shit on uh, was the fact that people's internet, right? And yeah, that is still a problem. Uh, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. with things like Starlink, on and I say unfortunately just because of you know the, the who who owns that, uh, but yeah. And a lot of people having five fiber or better, right? Giga in the internet, it's it's becoming less of an issue. Yeah, it is. And really, you know what? Like I'm not on one of those mega mega data plans. Like I'm I'm 50 megs a second, which is perfectly fine for me, but a more balanced split with a, a fantastic upload of 25 megs. Yeah. So things tend to work well in my environment as long as they work within that frame framework. So as long as I'm not trying to overdo it, the problem that I have is that with regular game consoles, okay, the ultimate experience is a game console, but I do find that the game consoles Xbox gets a little bit more of my attention just because game pass is that user friendly to, for me. Um, the pass system on PlayStation, I subscribe to that too. Like I am a little bit of a game, you know, uh, a multiple uh, a gamer type thing, multiple platform. I don't have a, a single commitment in, in this. I, I try it all. And I like Sony's approach, but it doesn't differ much other than it seems to be more difficult to get at, if that makes sense, because it's got its own little area 
And you have to consciously go in there and remind yourself to constantly check about what games are in there. Get them downloaded. That takes time on 50 megs a, a second, right? Because now I'm looking at a download of a few hours. I just can't on the spot commit to, oh, it'd be fun to play this. And then, oh, there's an update that I need. Oh, there's a this that I need. Oh, I, I got to, you know, get this version fixed up. That type of thing. Whereas cloud gaming is just like, yeah, sit on your couch, sit sit on your monitor, wherever you have the thing. Get on there, play your game, and get the heck out when you get tired or, you know, it's time to go uh, make dinner or whatever you got to do. But you got a good 15 minutes of gaming in. And yeah. you're just like, ah, I wouldn't have had access to that otherwise. You wouldn't believe how much I missed that. And to be honest, it's Phil, weird. Like, it's that's weird. the type of gamer that I'm turning into more and more. Like, yeah, I will put in a hundred hours in a game that I absolutely love, like a Death Stranding or something like that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy, I'll put in the fifty hours or whatever you have to do. Um, but you know, for the most part, I like I, I want to be able to pick up a game, play it for a little bit, put it back down. That's all she wrote, right? And, like, really, like you said, like, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. That's why I love sports games, picking up a sports game, kicking someone's ass, uh, some noob's ass, and uh, calling it a day, going back to what I do, right? I work from home. I've been working from home since 2015, right? So I'm now accustomed to picking up a video game console between meetings so that I can just, like, you know, reset my brain and, and whatever, right? Like, that's that's how I Work. Mm -hmm. That's how I I do stuff, um, so you know I, I'm but I can't get in too deep into a game when I'm in the middle of my work day, right? I need a game that I can just pick up, play for a little bit, and call it a day, right? That's why right now with Last yep. of Us the remake, it works perfect. But even then, I don't want to commit too much time into video games, right? Like and and that experience, I still consider myself a gamer, still love gaming, and I. At night, we'll spend however many hours playing Gotham Knights or whatever, right? But during the day, uh, you know, when I'm busy, when I'm, you know, just feeling stressed, feeling a little low or whatever, that's a time that I really want to be able to just pick up a game, play 15 minutes or something like that. That's why, you know, when I saw Earthworm Jim, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Like, you know, just laugh a little yeah. bit and, and call it a day, right? So that's what I like about, yeah, I about it. So what I can see really happening... Um, and, and, and we'll see where PS Plus and Microsoft Game Pass take things. And that's really, you know, what games they offer on those. I want to see more old school games like that, you know, especially in Game Pass. Yep. I want to see Battletoads or something like that now that they own that series. Right. Like I want to I want to see stuff like yep. that on on yeah. on, the, on um online and, and through cloud gaming, yep. because this the thing is cloud gaming to a certain extent, is the future. It's going to change and going to evolve over the next five years, but I think that in 10 years, there's going to be a real market for cloud gaming. Is Luna going to survive, or is Luna going to go the way of Stadia? I don't know, but let's be realistic. Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox, Microsoft, they obviously have plans, right? They, they, they have something up their sleeve because they don't want a Stadia or a Luna or whomever to be the next big player, right? Like, let's be honest, when we were growing up and you heard that Sony was coming out with a gaming system, you scoffed at it a little bit. It's like, what the fuck does Sony know about video games yeah. and gaming, right? Uh, well, little did we know, right? So I, I think that 
the the big three, you know, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo kind of have that in the back of their mind. Well, one of the things that came out during this whole FTC filing with Xbox trying to acquire uh, Blizzard and whatnot and Activision is that you know that was one of the arguments that one of the either the EU or or the FTC used against Microsoft and specifically identified that they had no incentive to play well with other cloud gaming services. So what Microsoft did was sign a 10-year deal with NVIDIA yep. on their cloud gaming service. And, the, you know, they have their competing thing. But I noticed with Amazon Luna when I was doing my research, it was announced a couple of weeks ago that Fortnite's going to be coming to it. I saw that. Which, yeah, yeah we can all go, oh, Fortnite. But the, the thing is, Fortnite is, here's another thing that I think we should quickly touch on. And that is, if you watch the the GDC convention on the weekend, it's like some of the stuff that came out with Unreal Engine 5.2 is absolutely insane. And the t- development tools that they're bring, coming to market with, where they're going to be able to empower people who create levels and whatnot to take something that would take multiple hours to do and do it in minutes like real-time foliage rendering with light all of this stuff but one of the things that they talked about and it was announced last week at this conference was that Fortnite are now opening up a new branch of revenue for their players in that they can start making their own video games using the Fortnite unreal engine and the more they keep people in their video games, which don't have to be like Fortnite, they can be whatever they want to be. They create the content that people come and play it. It's sounding a lot like Roblox. Yeah. They have people come and play it. And then based on the retain, like how you retain players, popularity, all this stuff, Fortnite reserve 40% of the revenue to be allocated back to the creators. So this all of a sudden makes Fortnite into this multi-game platform, which I don't know about you, but I, that sounds really exciting to me. And seeing they have three different demonstration games that they created, these look like fun games. They look interesting. They have really neat graphical things. And I can see people's creativity coming out in this and making games like High as Life or whatever it is, that one that's a Rick and Morty people and things like that. Like, I just see a lot of possibility coming to, to people who are willing to create and use these tools that are getting more and more accessible. Yeah. And that means amazing things for this industry. And then when you start thinking about the cloud gaming and everything, you don't need hardware to run this stuff. Yeah. You just need an internet connection and a TV with a stick and, and a ridiculously expensive Canadian controller at $90. But it's, 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 it's accessible now. It's not $600 plus tax. It's not $600 plus a VR helmet plus all this. You know what I mean? Like, 
we are getting into a really interesting period of gaming. And it's kind of, in my mind, like juxtaposed with, it seems like everything's just getting worse and worse with games as it stands right now. That's the other thing. I find that games aren't holding me in the way that they used to, Boris. I find that I really have to have my engagement level amped way up, you know, for Jedi, the new Jedi Fallen Order or Jedi Survivor or whatever it's going to be called. I have to really stoke the fire in order to sit there and go, yeah, man, some of those maps were really a piece of shit. And I really struggled with getting around that map. Like, I don't know how many times I've come to you and I go, I don't know. I'm stuck on that opening planet. I don't know where the heck I'm supposed to go. And you're like, uh, just go to the other side of the map and you're going to find out. And you were right. You knew exactly where I was. But yeah, it's just game designs are getting more and more complicated and mechanics and everything. And then here we have people making stuff. And I'm like, right, let's see where this goes. Is it the return of the five minute massive entertaining thing? Is it like Angry Birds 3.0? I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? My thought is old man yells at cloud. Like, that's literally my first thought mm -hmm. here. Um, but you have a point. You have a point to a certain extent, right? That I think that we are being let down by video game developers. Uh, you can check out my review of WWE 2K23 on Talk Time Live with Dag Xavier. Um, and this, we had talked about this, is that we as, as the consumers are getting screwed over, but we as consumers aren't doing the right things. We're not speaking up. We're mm -hmm. not we're not talking with our money because we're still idiots. We're still yeah. buying those games, no matter how shitty um, they are and how glitchy they are, right? Like yep. anyone who's ever listened to the show or has listened to this show for a while knows about our rants when it comes to uh, CD Projekt Red and in particular Cyberpunk 2077, right? Like that that game was an absolute shit show and you would think that the industry learns by then, by now, because of that. But no, you know what the industry's done, Dave? And, and I, I accept this to a certain extent. I'm okay with games being delayed. For example... The whole yes. always online, the live service that is uh, kill the Justice League, right? They, 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 they talked about that. They released that information. They got tons of feedback. None of it good. Um, so what happened? They delayed the entire game to rework things out. That's okay. But you know what the problem is, Phil? They're not going to use that time to fix glitches, to fix bugs, right? If a game is delayed, I want a near perfect release. And we're not getting that. So why are we constantly, constantly, constantly seeing delays? I just don't get it. Yep. I don't get it. But we're idiots. We're dumb. Because yep. you and I well, will still spend look money. At, look at the fact, like, you bring up Cyberpunk 2077. That was the latest in a, in a series of letdowns. Like, that's just the last one that can, we can really pick on. But look at almost anything Bethsaida. Like uh, half the Fallout games came out that weren't even working glitch wise, uh, Skyrim and, and things like that. Like these massive multiplayer games and whatnot, you know, that this new space game that they're coming out with on Xbox, it's already being delayed three times, is going to be an absolute crap fest for the first month or two. Yeah, it's it, you know, like I literally the other night playing Forza Horizon 5. 
was sitting there and then I realized that the people that my car was looking at were a foot off the ground and there was nothing between them and the ground. Yeah. Like they're floating there. Like this is meme worthy stuff and the game's a year and a half old. So I hear you and we keep on slamming our money down and complaining about the, the user experience and how we feel exploited and everything. And then we turn around and go, give me more, like make that same game again. Only, only put more monetization in it. Please, please let me deal with NFTs, right? Like that's why I like this Fortnite news because it's finally, you know what I mean? Like it might not be my type of game, but finally a developer is putting their money where their mouth is in Epic because they're not they're They know they have a monetization method that works. It's just called buying skins, but they, they know for a fact that they can make substantial betterments for developers improvements. And that's what I like about it. Instead of sitting there going, Hmm, I'm square Enix. How can I further exploit my fan base? Oh, Counter-Strike 2, here's the bone we're going to throw you guys. Yeah, all the NFTs that you bought for the last 10 years, oh, you can have them in the new fancy graphic pack. Like, <laughs> whoa, I'm Look, being bold man, Phil. I know. I know, right? But, 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 but our point is, right, like at some point we need to 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 talk with our money, right, as consumers, right? And yeah. that's what it comes down to. And I think your example of these mini games is a great example because look at the popularity of Roblox. Look at like any any parent that I know, anyone who's a parent around my age who has children playing Roblox, the amount of money that they put down into <laughs> Roblox is absolutely insane and ludicrous. Yep. And I'll tell you, I played another game on the weekend, Boris. I did the open beta test for Diablo 4. Yeah. Uh, uh. Now, I got to say, oh, did not hit any cues. Thank goodness. Played at some weird times to avoid them. Of course. Kind of made the mistake of firing it up late at night on a Saturday night. Got to say, they still do their cinematics really really well yeah it's definitely a blizzard game and you know i'm not one i don't have a pension for horror yep i don't have a strong stomach when it comes to certain stuff that's just not me sorry and the opening sequence of diablo 4 was unsettling to say the least especially at 1 a.m i oh, wow what yeah so anyhow it, it really feels like uh diablo 2 a lot it's very dark it's very moody um it's got the core gameplay mechanic down i'm kind of looking forward to returning to that world like i, I powered through diablo 3 it was a bit different but yeah. I, I didn't have this issue with the online economy and everything like that. I just went to, went to it and played my game and got out of it and went, hmm, that was pretty fun. Yeah. So this one looks like it's going to do the same thing. The other one piece of news that I saw last week that just made me laugh was 2K Gaming announced that they are making an open world Lego racing game. Hey, it's like Mario Kart 
meets Lego. And then you know where it all goes bad is 2K. <laughs> because they have a real world economy that wants to trade real money and have players be able to take out real money yeah. from this economy. So they, you know, take the one thing that should be sacred for kids and then try to get into their pocket their parents' pockets. Oh, yeah, yeah, this company, man. I'm telling you, they are off the leash with this cash grabbing stuff. I can only imagine what they're doing in WWE, but oh, <laughs> right. I was going to say just to, to strap on because what they've done with WWE is insane, um, oh. but it's it's a fun game overall, but I don't know. Uh, open world, open world racing game. That's interesting. That's very interesting. By two K. That's by two K. Yeah, by two K. That's what Forza Horizon Five is. It's an open world racing game. Okay, but so it, sure. it's it's the only open world thing that I play, to be honest. Like and enjoy. Then I'm going back to the trough for. So all of a sudden, I'm having to walk back a little bit, old man Phil, with the open world stuff. But yeah, it it's it's a thing. I I noticed that and was like I cringing, man. You know, I'm I'm just glad that they didn't do it again and force it with Lego. So Lego, we leave yeah, it. But at you know what? Wheels. These Lego games are super popular, regardless, right? Uh, they're yep. they're always harder than I think they're gonna be. Yep, I would agree. Uh, the kids. The Star Wars one kicks my butt. <laughs> Couldn't the, lie. This the DC one. ones. I think it was Batman Oof. Lego Batman three that took me forever to play. I used to play them with Mike all the time, and you know we would we would just whatever tag team them and and do them right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the Batman Lego three was a very difficult one. Uh, so we're talking about games coming. We just talked about the Lego racing open world game, whatever that's going to be by two K cannot wait for that one. Uh, and the rants on that one. But last week, I feel like ever since we came back and I told you to read these books every week, there's more news coming from the world of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, because it was announced last week that the last Ronin <laughs> is becoming a video game that is quote unquote, inspired by god of war yeah i heard that too and man i hope it doesn't suck <laughs> when 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 you put those words god of war onto a game in this modern age you are it's like saying it's a lot like the last of us if you put that up there, oh, you better have the cojones. And then number two, if you're telling me that that got announced, we'll probably see it in the year 2030 with game development right now. <laughs> That's the thing. The fact that we didn't even get in an announcement on a studio. We just said, by the way. This is going to become a game. So hopefully it is further hopefully along. Hopefully it's not Ubisoft. <laughs> It'll never happen. It'll be, well, right after we get uh, Good and Evil 2 out, it's only been 18 years, people. Once we get that done, then we're going to do this TMNT thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say at that point, right? It's like, what is going on? on in the video the video game industry right now is so 
weird and i and not a good weird it's a very scary weird right like i just feel that it's it's teetering it's teetering i'm not gonna say it's on a brink of destruction but there's you're seeing a lot of bad things happening a lot of bad things happening yeah having said that they're making more and more money year over year the the thing that's killing me is that you have all these fandoms that are so excited about a game like atomic hearts and then there's a reason to ruin it. And then everybody just wants to ruin everything. And it just gets, it happened with Bayonetta. And it happens with almost every single game. There's like a whole segment of people who just want to ruin stuff. You know, we saw it with, unfortunately, I know we don't talk about it much, but Hogwarts and everything. And I don't know. I can't, I personally, it, it's just overwhelming because it used to be if the game was good you wanted to go get it and now it just feels like like i don't know like like i feel terrible for people who stream video games that's all i can say about that because it it just twitter just looks like a crap show on the abuse front and there's no way of making the perfect game anymore there's no way of making something that's universally liked and there's so many issues with the video game industry that they need to get it sorted out. They need to get overtime sorted out and humane humane treatment in the workplace and all this kind of stuff. And yes, we do see Alex. So yeah, did you see? Chat. Yeah, the weekly the weekly shout out. Did you see? Yeah. The, like, okay, talking about treatment in the workplace, the whole GDC stuff, right? Like. Apparently, that's a shit show of a conference for the women, right? Like, people are saying it's essentially Oof. just just a conference where where, where people become predators. Uh, okay, so last year, oh. a Women in Gaming International event sponsored by Activision Blizzard was described as a men's praying ground by one attendee. It's just, like, this is the case. So, like, the they games really can't watch that stink off. <laughs> Sorry? They really can't get away from that stink, Activision. Like they can't, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't give them a buy. We shouldn't. We give shouldn't them the let open. them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Exactly. Uh, but going back to what you're saying, like this is what I mean. There's just so much going on right now in the video game industry that's outside of the game itself, right? Like yep. working it's conditions, um, predatory nature, uh, every like they're just. Uh, equal pay, pay in general, uh, labor issues, etc., 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 and then tag on the fact that games keep being delayed for one reason or another. I know that these two issues come somewhat hand in hand, but honestly, like it, it's to me, it is crazy. Um, and I truly do think that the video game industry right now is in a very weird place, and I hope that it can get into a good place because, like, for example, Ubisoft. Ubisoft pulled out of E3 because they have their own live event. So going back to what we've been saying, right? Like, is E3 even going to still be a thing, right? Is E3 going to be the hotbed for, like, do independent gamers and independent gaming companies even have the funds to go to an E3, right? E3 is going to need to change yeah. its, its its whole thing because they don't have the big players anymore. And when I mean big players, I mean Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. They've, right now at this point lost um you know their video game publishers ubisoft is out because they would rather run their own stuff going back to what phil tyler and myself always talk about uh you know they want to be able to control the message they want to be able to hype what 
is important. They want yeah. the right stuff at the right time. They want to be able to control the message essentially, right? So, and but again, in my opinion, this is just another chalk on the there's something rotten in Denmark, right? No offense to anyone who lives in Denmark. I love Denmark. Great country. No, country. but as but, the saying goes, right? I it, it to me, I always my nose wrinkles when you bring up Ubisoft because of I've never seen a company take such a tank as they did. They they just they rolled a one. Sega. Like I've just uh, unreal. Well, yeah, Sega. Mm, but this is this is a uh, uh, they're miscalculating everything. Oh, we're gonna make the division free to play. Ugh. We're gonna double down on nfts Ugh. we're gonna commit to making games that aren't even in our developers hands anymore and they've left Ugh. we're going to um you know they they turned around and they're they're saying that they're they're going forward with this pirate game which is stuck in hell because they got funded by uh, a government right like a, a asian government for it's development and they're getting stuck with that contract because they took the money and they squandered it. And then never mind the fact that they have their own sexual assault and behavioral issues on all kinds of management levels in there. Like it, it just, to me, that company is floundering on every level. And then they do something like this. Let's pull out an E3 just because they, they can't survive the spotlight. So naturally, they have to shrink the stage. And that's what you do when you skip E3, right? And for Sony, they want to mitigate their stuff because they've got this complicated FTC filing that's going on, and they're trying to interfere with Microsoft. Microsoft are trying to limit damage control because as it came out last week, Redfall was originally supposed to be a PS5 game, and Microsoft totally stopped that. Hmm. Sounds like Call of Duty, doesn't it? When Microsoft is like, no, we'll just keep on sharing it. It just makes sense that all the that we want to sell the game on multiple platforms because we like money. And then it turns out, no, guess what? They're playing these games and they're playing them with the fan bases. And they are just after commitment, money, and uh, loyalty to their environment. That's it. It, it is really just an arms race. It really is. So Ubisoft went from somebody who would be an attractive get or an important customer to have in your portfolio for either exclusive content or advanced content on your platform. And now it just feels like, no, Sony are just going to turn back and say, oh, we've got a developer that makes uh, Horizon Forbidden West. They, you know, go make a new version. Go make a new game. Go do this. We we got to sell VR units. Make make a new game for that. Like you know what I mean. Like that's increasingly what Microsoft and Sony are doing by buying up all these companies too. Is they're de-empowering the transitional houses that would normally be appealing to you know game platforms to get stuff done. And, and then you have Ubisoft see this thing about the, how they uh, are using that uh, ghostwriter AI tool for writing NPC Ooh. scripts and stuff. How does that make you feel? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, let me let me get my water. Awesome. I'm gonna sit back, old man Phil. Have at her. 
oh, it's not that bad. Like, what can you do at this point? It just feels like that's the new trend, right? Is just, hey, let's all get AI involved. Like, it just seems like that's the bu- the hot buzzword right now is to do that. Now, I, I, feel, I do feel bad for any creatives in that industry who are under threat, or I've seen Alana Pierce make a couple posts about the fact that I would rather be writing first draft scripts for game for game content versus reading and comping like AI garbage. But they're saying that it's under heavy supervision and it's only to expedite the repetitiveness of NPC character things. So it's it's all I took an arrow in the knee type stuff, right? That we all remember from Skyrim. And it's so, not just Ubisoft who's using AI tools right now. Roblox also announced yeah. AI tools uh, like a material generator and a code assist feature. Uh, this was all announced at that pesky conference, Game Developers Conference, GDC, uh, and it's meant to make things easier for Roblox developers to create games. Uh, Squanch Games also used Midjourney for high on life set decorations. So, you know, AI was well, Forspoken. We're... It's rumored that Forspoken used it as well, right? Which is why the dialogue was absolutely horrible in it. I don't know if that's true. I'm well, just saying like I'm I telling you, know. one episode. And I'm we're going to do this. This is this is going to be the ultimate gimmick. But listen to this. One episode of the It's Getting Podcast is going to be 100% AI generated. Oh, boy. It's probably going to be 90% right. (laughs) (laughs) Old man Phil. (laughs) Oh, my God. Insert rant here. Yeah. Tyler's not with us, but here's AI Tyler. (laughs) Exactly. Can you imagine? Yeah, here, here's AI Tyler. Oh my, my levels just went crazy. Yeah, your levels just destroyed everyone. Actually, no, they didn't destroy you. You just went really, really low. Yeah, that's why sorry. I love live shows. You can catch us live each and every single week, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We're gonna be live right now. We're doing 9 p.m. We're just testing the things out. Uh, but once Tyler comes back, Tyler feel better. Uh, we're going to find a time that works for him. He is an hour ahead of both Phil and I. Phil and I are in the Eastern time zone, uh, so we're going to try to find a time that works, like 7, 8 p.m., something like that. Post-dinner, pre-bed, listen to the It's Canon podcast, listen to Old Man Phil, Young mm. Kid Tyler, and whatever the hell I am. Yeah, it's, uh, we do appreciate everybody's taking the time to loop in. We don't really have a sponsor for this week's episode, so <laughs> unlike last week. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... T- <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect segue, and I was kind of hoping that the episode would go this way. Uh, GameStop has turned a profit for the first time in two years <laughs> after major layoffs in 2022. Yeah, I had a chuckle at that news, but this week, like, what the hell world are we living in? <laughs> GameStop saw uh, revenue. And you know how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, they, go they, ahead. They, so GameStop saw revenue of $2.26 billion during the fourth quarter. It was down slightly from $2.254 billion for the full year. Uh, the picture really wasn't 
as rosy, GameStop posted a revenue of $5.927 billion for the full year, down from $6.011 billion during the previous fiscal year. Uh, GameStop posted a loss of $313.1 million. That's an improvement from the $381.3 million loss during the previous year. Uh, what ended up really helping GameStop and what pulled them ahead is the fact that they cut costs. And what's the first cost that a lot of people like cutting? Workforce. Yep. Unfortunately, workforce and the other strategy that's been working for them is because everybody buys their games digitally now, it seems. They have switched the majority of their of their product to be higher markup tchotchke items, i.e. toys. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see them doubling down on more toys and making more cuts. Doubling down on Funko Pops and Legos. Yeah, and then those Black Series Star Wars figures. Woof. And then oh. apparently they're closing down their European branches, that type of thing. They're cutting some markets. I, I'm yeah. just waiting for the day that they cut, like, Canada, to be honest. But such is life. Um, they, they are walking a tough road. And, yeah, woof. Tough one. Yep, but good on them for getting the profit, and I, I'm I I feel bad for anybody who who lost their job in 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 the way of that though because yep. that's never fun. I hate companies that like pull a profit based off of people losing their job. Right? Uh, it really sucks. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 something that um, that hurts me. Uh, Danny's leave my Funko Pops alone. Hey, I collect them. Look at back behind Phil, but they are a very volatile mar market right now, right? Uh, so that that's why we always uh, kind of poke fun at Funko Pops because uh, it's a secondary market, not the first market. Funko, though, very weird, like we were talking about last week, um, where they need to just become smarter in how they do stuff. But we'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see what happens with GameStop. Phil, speaking of Pops... And uh, Black uh, Series Star Wars and lightsabers. Uh, yesterday, I did end up oh. going to the Awesome Toy Show. You should have come. You would have had a blast. You would have loved it. You would have. You would have. You would have scurplatted all over the place. Like, clean up in aisle six, seven, eight, and nine. Oh, I, I got. I got too many Black Series lightsabers, my friend. Dude, uh, and those things ain't getting cheap. Like this no. stuff, I I kid you not. I go into Toys R Us up here once in a while, and take a look in the aisle. I still laugh my butt off looking at the fact that a little Ahsoka figure, like a three three and a three and a quarter inch or whatever, that little action figure, they want fifty six dollars Canadian for it new in in Toys R Us, and I'm like, it's fifteen dollars, like. Where are you getting this price point, Hasbro? And apparently that's one of the big complaints by collectors right now is that Hasbro has, you know, upped their quality but jacked the price and lowered the production. So, Every, oh, here's the thing, Phil. Everything is becoming a collector's item at this point. If it's geared towards someone our age, and by our age, I'm just going to say 25 and above, um, I feel mm -hmm. like any toy is just becoming a quote-unquote collector's item because they know 
that we are idiots and we will pay whatever we have to pay to get that right and it's 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 yep. they're making the profit that the secondary tertiary market used to make and they're making it right off the bat from the distributor to the store the store to us it's crazy it's crazy but we're yep. idiots same almost the same rant that we use for the video game copy control v right like it's yes. just we're idiots sometimes as a consumer it's hilarious yeah, and we're our own worst enemies. But you know, it, it's it really is di the difference for me is I don't collect them all. I collect one or once in a while, or I've switched my fandoms and you know done my Star Wars is now Lego Star Wars. Yeah, that type of thing. That being said, I will say I got my package in from Denmark today with all my clone troopers that were missing from that battle pack. That's so <laughs> good on you, Lego. Congratulations. <laughs> Two pages you. of invoice of just all the parts that they had to include. So I now know what a clone head part number is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my friend. All right. So that's 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 video games. That's toys. Let's talk some movies. Uh, Apple is making a huge push right now uh, because they want to bring a lot of their movies. So something that we've talked about on this show in the past, we're really starting to see this. And, and let's repeat this conversation a little bit for anyone who ha hasn't listened to us before. And that's Netflix is kind of like a if you write a script and you know how to talk, it's going to get greenlit. And this is no fault <laughs> to anyone who like congrats to everyone who has gotten anything greenlit at Netflix. Right. But they greenlight a lot of stuff. They greenlight. Basically, you show a script and they'll try to get. Well, they used to get uh, uh, Bruce Willis or someone like that to star in it because I feel like every other movie <laughs> was starred by the same three or four people. Anthony Mackie, Bruce Willis, you know, one of those two were going to star in your Netflix original. Um, but Apple seems to be very much on quality. Right. Uh, so Apple yep. is really Going, taking this to the next level because they are making a one billion dollar push to bring their movies to theaters all right hmm. here's the first one that a lot of people think is going to be one that they're going to push to theaters because they're trying to work with uh, uh movie studios and movie production companies and distributors there's this movie um flower moon oh, sorry killers of the flower moon directed by none other than Martin Scorsese. Hmm. Oh boy. Hold on. Let, 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 let's 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 unpack this a little bit, Phil. Pot kettle black. The man who preaches for film and cinema. The man who says that comic books are ruining film and cinema has a streaming first, streaming only movie coming out. Of course. Like, how more on on point can you be than yeah. that? So, like, but, <sighs> okay, I'm so get disappointed this. in mankind. Get right this now. Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon, directed by Martin Scorsese. Our guy, if it's a superhero movie, I'm just I'm out. <laughs> can you imagine? Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughn and starring Henry Cavill and Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, and then there's Ridley mm -hmm. Scott's Napoleon. All of these were Apple Plus exclusives, and these are the movies that they're trying to get to theaters. Uh, so I see this as a more than likely thing coming. Um, you know, 
Tetris actually looks amazing. I hate to admit it, but I'm really looking yeah, forward to that Tetris movie. Um, and that's another Apple Plus, but that's an Apple Plus TV, Apple TV Plus exclusive. Um, so mm. I think this is going to be a success for Apple, right? Because that different the that thing that makes them different, that differentiator between Apple and Netflix being quality name I don't, like you know brand name almost you have movies by martin scorsese you know you have matthew vaughn you got henry cavill and bright uh, and bryce dallas howard you have ridley scott right like these are names that can sell yeah. a movie right yeah and you also have just like shows like shrinking with harrison ford in them and, and things like just, that just like randomly. they've got yeah they've got a lot of and they they've got a lot of stuff uh, going on with Tom Hanks in terms of yes. Greyhound and whatnot. Like they've they've I've I've long held that my Apple TV subscription has been one of the better ones for my money because of Ted Lasso. Because of there's usually quality shows. There's a few Tom Hanks shows. There's one that's in the future where he's got a robot companion. That was absolutely heart wrenching. There was uh, the, the the space one too, the one with the alternate universe for space. Uh, with uh, you know, what if the Russians got to the moon first and on all that? Like, I forget the name of it, but the writing's fantastic. Uh, there's just so much great content on Apple TV that I'm just like, you know, it, for my for my money. It's one of the ones that comes in at a lower tier compared to Netflix. And I dump Netflix before I dump Apple TV, especially now that my season's pass is on it. But, ugh, you know, that we'll beside that the point. Soccer show. Yeah. yeah. But it seems to be it seems to be getting better and they seem to listen to feedback and they seem to be going out and, and investing in the right types of people to make new daring shows schmigadoon is another one that had a great cast and was just wacky off the wall worked musical weird but man like there's a lot of just stuff on there that's that just works whereas i can go through netflix and it feels like a wasteland of Having trash a netflix yes it's really starting to sound like my love life having a netflix subscription um, it kind of makes you feel like you're a horror fan where you watch a hundred horror movies and you maybe find one or two that you like. Yeah. Or if you're my dad, he just sits there, fires up Netflix and watches the same Western over and over again, pretends it's a different day. <laughs> pretends or doesn't know, Phil, is this a conversation we need to have? I don't know. <laughs> Turning 85. <laughs> He's going to go for his driving test. Whoa. Look at world. Oh, my so. God. Um, <laughs> look, I don't want to talk too much about this, but I was asked to talk about it by two people, three people, actually. Um, and that's, uh -oh. you know, exactly where we're going with this. And I don't want to talk about this because news just came out. We don't know what's going on, uh, but we'll see uh, what's going on over the next few weeks, but that's MCU and Creed 3 star Jonathan Majors being arrested for a legend, yeah. alleged assault. His rep says he's innocent. We'll see what happens, but uh, you know, 
the know, jokes unfortunately it's right? one like, of the that was yeah it's that one was of fast. situations where dc was sitting there going oh man we've got a we've got this whole mess with ezra with they and whatnot them and they're just uh looking at everything going well woe is us and then it was like Marvel was just like, oh, hang on, just one moment. But hold my beer. It is alleged. Yeah, it is alleged. And we just have to see because apparently there is video proof and evidence that suggests that these claims are false that are being insisted by his legal representatives. So if that's true, this should rectify rather quickly. So I think we're going to be looking at a couple weeks' time versus a court case and a lot of damage control needing to be done by Disney. But regardless, there is going to be damage control that's needed to be done by Disney because that company is not one filled with level-headed people, especially at the moment, because like they made moves, as I was saying, alluding to last week, with their visual effects um vice president or whatever they they made some moves that, yeah. Like, yeah that 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 lady was at, at at marvel for as long as kevin feige right like look this at james gunn the, right yeah exactly so it was just like there's uh yeah there's a little bit of a weird funk going on it's, over there and our friend kathleen kenny kelly kennedy is in the headlines again too for that type of speculation yeah, we'll see so, what happens. But that's, that's Here's the thing stop. with Iger back in charge, right? It's uh, it's it feels like it's a family oriented company again, right? Where they really care yeah. about what their image is. Um, that's something that JPEG obviously didn't care about because he took people to court and he didn't give a shit who you were. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> he was signing the affidavits. Just yep. <laughs> Come after me. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. Okay, so before we jump to our, our, our last little bit of what's, what we've actually seen, um, Luna has Baseball All-Stars 2. That game is one of my favorite games growing up. Oh, he's still, Carl, Carl, are you still combing through the games here? <laughs> what am I going to do, listen to you? Like, I, I, gotta, I got him. Fair, I'm joking. Fair. I closed the window and it just popped up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's very cool. All right, so... Last two things before we call it a day. Let's talk about some of the things that we've watched. Let's start with shrinking. It was, uh, you know, talking about Apple TV Plus and great content, quality content that comes out of Apple. Uh, we have shrinking uh, Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, and a mutiny of awesome, awesome actors and characters. Uh, such a good finale. Every emotion was had. It wasn't an episode of The Last of Us, but it was good. It was fun. It was happy. It was wholehearted. And then that last scene made you go, what the hell is what? going on? I I really, really enjoyed my time with this show. It can't be understated. Uh, I, I'm going to miss it. I'm looking forward to season two. I'm hoping that they get that sucker out. I've got already got an idea of where it could go, what it could be, uh, and I'm excited for it. Um, but that first that first ep that first season, it tackles it's a show that tackles a really tough topic in grief, 
and it does it with a lot of humor, which you wouldn't think works, but that cast made it work. And Harrison Ford got better and better as that show went on. And I'm looking forward to many rewatches of it because, yeah, there's a lot of episodes that where you're laughing as like you're you're laughing your ass off, and by the end your your eyes are a little bit moist from from being, you know, from tears that actually are not brought on by laughter. They're brought on by actual sentiment and, and emotion. So I really feel like they got lightning in a bottle there on a comedy front and just a superb cast overall. Like everybody hit it out of the park on that. Yep. The daughter, Jason Segal, uh, the neighbor from Drew Carey show. I forget her name all the time. You know it. I forget it. I, but, I honestly forget it. I just oh, remember. okay. Fair enough. I, I thought that that was something that you carried, not like inscribed somewhere on your body. So anyhow, yeah. My right hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As my little nephew um, listens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong with that. That's that's, that's just called a, a honest uncle. So yeah, I, I thought that I had a great time watching that final and what an ending. Like, honest to God. What an ending. What a final scene. And um, it, it, it it's really good. Like I say, if you're if you're dealing with grief, it gives you some nice introspection, and um, and it and it really just helps you talk about it a little bit more because you realize that it's something that you should do. Yeah. So, so that's drinking. Highly recommend. Highly, highly, highly recommend uh, <laughs> shrinking. Um, Thanks, let's Danny. talk. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. Ted Lasso. Because, oh my God, that Zava character. Anyone watching who's a supporter of the Los Angeles Galaxy has lived through this in real life. <laughs> it's so funny. Zlatan, you're on TV, but it's not you. I love it. Just like Roy Kent is Roy Keane. Um, we have now Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There in, we go. In, in, in this show. And... I, Oh my God! What a season three gem this is going to yield. He should eat less asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the Which thing: that, a lot that of scene. a lot of people yeah, are are giving the show shit for not being as funny, right? But that's the whole point, right? I think that we're past that point and now we're in 100% character uh, growth, right? Like, look at Roy Kent this week or on, on that third, second episode, right? Like, his character has matured so much from where he was to, you know, to being in a relationship to where he is now um, to making amends with people he kind of screwed around with. Yeah, like there's an arc going on here and you're never going to like, here's the thing with comedy like this. It's intelligent comedy. All right. In the first season, it's going to take you can't always be in shock and awe that they're in England coaching a team. It, 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 it's it, it has a shelf life. It's produce. It'll go rotten at a certain point. Ted opening up this season, like spoiler, I guess a light spoiler. But him opening up the season and questioning whether or not, like, what's he doing there still? At this point in his career, he's normally moving on. Yep. 
And what's he doing there? And they're reminding him, well, you said you were going to win it all, dude. So go out and win it all. And he said, I said that. I I don't really remember saying that. Like, I'm not a winning coach. I'm a coach that makes a team better and then takes his leave type thing. And I just was doing this to run away from the turmoil in my life. And now that that's done and dusted, I kind of want to go back and start my life again because this is getting in the way of my relationship to my son and whatnot. So the characters have to grow. And it, it's like, I hate to say this, I'll, but I will. It's like watching uh, uh, The Big Bang Theory. It had its little run where the jokes were fun. The jokes were funny because... Oh, Raj can't speak to women. He needs to be drunk. Oh, you know, Sheldon's being a weird geek again this week. Whatever. They do that, and eventually they just can't keep on going back to that trough. They have to go, oh, guess what? They're going to have complicated relationships. They're going to have frustrations with it. We're going to go on the journey because audiences respond well to it. And that's what they do. And Ted Lasso has always been a three-season show from what the sounds of Jason Sudeikis and everybody and Brett Goldstein who write it. They are saying, hey, look, it had a shelf life and we're going to do the most that we can with it. So enjoy the moments that are meant to be funny. But realize that you also should be caring about these characters because they've been gently pulling you along like that whole second season was all about therapy. Yet last week, Jason Sudeikis showed up at the White House to talk about the importance of mental health and therapy in the American culture. And then the the great thing was is that they planted Trent in the audience to yeah. ask a question. Like that that was just brilliant comedy, right? I didn't watch Sudeikis on on Saturday Night Live this week, but you know, like the guy's just a comedic genius and I can't wait to see what he does next or what, what star Wars show he shows up in, in a stormtrooper outfit. Cause right. he was the guy who punched Grogu in season one. <laughs> yep. He was, he was, um, this is a perfect segue. Let's get right into it. Mandalorian spoiler free. Before we go Oof. this week, I do promise that we will have the Last of Us special. Uh, the uh, schedules just became a little crazy. Um, I had prior commitments, other shows that I had to do. Uh, but uh, this week, we will 1 million percent do our Last of Us wrap up. But before th that, let's talk some non-spoiler uh, first thoughts, Mando. opinions on The Mandalorian Season 3 episode four what are we four three i don't i episode I, four yeah I, yeah I, I don't even know where we are that would be chapter 21 so um carl weathers is the director for this week dave filoni did the assistant uh, did some of the writing if i don't know if he did it all or some yeah, but, I think he did uh, some. I know he's busy, some. right? So yeah, that. I think John and him shared writing credits on this one. Uh, yeah, he's busy with Ahsoka. I'm pretty sure. So I thought it was a good episode. You know, it it wasn't what I thought. I was predicting pirates. So this this one for me, it was a little bit more like the older seasons of Mandalorian. 
you know, without spoiling anything, they just buckled down on one chain of events and told the story using the whole episode to tell that story without any jumping around, without any weird cuts, without any aggressive skipping of certain details. Like I need a droid. Oh, you can take this R5 unit. Okay, let's go. You know, that type of thing. It was, it just felt a little bit more like the other episodes in previous seasons where it had a definition. It wanted to achieve something. And I guess one of the concerns that I see coming out of the fandom without speaking about what goes on in the show, but it's Monday at this point and it was Wednesday. It came out. So you should be all right with, with a little bit of banter about it, but a lot of people are starting to feel like, is this going to become the Bo-Katan show? Because we have two things that are happening right now, or one major reason why people are speculating that just because of the amount of screen time and, and the conflict that Bo-Katan has about her situation in the show Mm -hmm. and maybe playing a bigger role. But number two, Pedro Pascal's contract is up at the end of the season. Yep. So does the Mandalorian, does Din Jarden kind of go away or just become hey, a, a new version of Boba Fett where he just shows up to be background character and maybe Bo-Katan and Grogu go on a journey or something or maybe Din gets into trouble or... We don't know right now what's going to go on. So this 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 could be this could get a little more spicy than we thought. I don't know. It's called the Mandalorian. I, I think that that's really up. It's not called Din Jarden. Yeah, it's, it's called the Mandalorian. It's not called Din Jarden. Exactly. So who knows? It's, a, it's an interesting take, if nothing else. What do you think of that episode? I liked it a lot. Like I, I really did like that this episode was very self-contained, told a good story, got some Grogu backstory. Nice little cameo. Mm-hmm. Nice little cameo by Ahmed Best. That's all I'm saying. Um, for those oh, you- Ahmed Best. Fantastic. Right? Right? Like, it wasn't redemption because he didn't need redemption. I just like the fact that Star Wars had him come back and play a character that he was playing on a YouTube channel show. Yep. Um. So he's, yeah, it was just really good. And yep. I, I just was very, very happy to see him get that role and and kill it. Like yep. he did he 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 was awesome. Yep. Danny said he was awesome. I wholeheartedly agree. And I don't think there's anyone I think it's very rare, Phil. Very rare where you can get the majority. I'm not gonna say everyone. The majority of the fandom liking something at the same time, but Ahmed Best's cameo uh, role in The yep. Mandalorian this past week was one of the few times, one of the few things where the fandom that is Star Wars, as fickle as they can be, were all on the same page in happiness. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah, it's really great to see. It, it's... A lot of the people that complained about the prequels now realize that, you know, they were necessary. It was George's vision, and you may not have loved his original character, but that has nothing to do with the actor. He nailed it. He did what he was supposed to do, and he didn't deserve some of what he got thrown, like any of what he got thrown his way. So it was nice to see him get a nice standing ovation from the fandom on this one. But 
that's a thing, right? I so, think this. I think that was yeah, super important um, because I, I I feel like we. Um, I don't know why I say we because I I'm, I'm not like this, but a lot of the fandom forget that these people, Ahmed Best, are just playing a character that's written for them. They have little to no say about the character, especially in a series like Star Wars, right? Um, if this is yeah. if this was like a dramatic role, uh, there's yeah. characters written for them, but that's not the case here in Star Wars, right? So it's good to see someone like an Ahmed Best be able to kind of prove himself that, you know, that, that he wasn't the reason why Jar Jar was Jar Jar. So that was that. A uh, very good episode overall. Uh, I can see why Emily Swallow really liked and was looking forward to last week because she was all over the episode. Um, yep. So that's kind of funny. She was. Yeah. So we'll see what happens this week. At this point, I have no idea where they're going with this story. Yeah, neither do I, right? Like, as we talked about before, uh, we don't know what the arc is for this season whereas it was very well communicated and laid out in the other seasons so um i just do want to say one thing before we do the outro and that is to recognize uh last week that we lost lance reddick yes um and it was a bit of a shock with uh john wick four coming out this week but as well i just know in the geeky realm uh, along amongst his many many roles one of the things that I think was absolutely massive was the Destiny 2 fan base actually holding vigil over his character in the um, in the tower or whatever they call the tower in Destiny 2 now. Um, but actually holding vigil over his and, you know, even with the server capacity of only 16 players being able to to be in the space at once, but everybody took turns holding vigil over over his character in there so um classy move by everybody so uh yeah he will be missed yeah 100 100 so thanks and for with that, that with we that talk about i thought i heard music oh you know all what's right up. i'm gonna tell you where you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com you can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe basically anywhere where you find podcasts. You're going to find us, but you're also going to find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME radio. And please, you know, give us a subscription there. Uh, if you're into wrestling, that's the place where you want to be. It's Sunday night's main event. And uh, you can also find us on YouTube where we're called the it's canon podcast or it's canon podcast uh if you like what you hear make sure to you know subscribe to the show maybe leave a like and um you know be sure to tell your friends and uh thanks so much for taking your time to listen to two old dudes moan <laughs> and groan number one not old myself number two Thank you, everyone, for listening to the It's Cannon Podcast, the show where we chat about anything and everything, including video games, books, movies, TV shows, anything that we can think of. We'll talk about it here on the It's Cannon Podcast. Remember, later on this week, you 100% will be getting The Last of Us special, and then we will be back 
next Monday. Uh, we'll post on all of our socials at what time we're going to be going live. But this is a thing that is happening each and every single week. Uh, we're coming at you live on the It's Cannon Podcast. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Till next time, thank you for listening.